Welcome to High on Healthy, energized by A6 Wellness. Each week, you will learn of the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Now, here's your personal advocate for living a healthy and active lifestyle, Audrey Kerger. Welcome to High on Healthy. I'm your personal advocate for living a healthy, active lifestyle, Audrey Kerger. Thanks for joining me today. Each week, you will learn the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. First up, let's discuss this article that I was reading this week from Alternate. This is the six powerful reasons to legalize marijuana from the New York Times. Of course, the New York Times has made history by becoming the first major national paper to call the repeal of marijuana prohibition. The paper of record is continuing to make the case for legalization over a series of editorials addressing the social costs, racist history, of course, and wasted resources from cannabis prohibition. While President Obama seems to be coming around on the issue, he told the New Yorker that pot is not more dangerous than alcohol. And he even gave Colorado and Washington the thumbs up to go forward with their experiment in legalization. Now, his administration is still disappointingly conserved in marijuana. While the White House issued a response to the New York Times, trotting out weak, largely debunked justifications for criminalization, focusing specifically on marijuana's supposed social ills. The fact is that the Obama administration felt compelled to respond shows the clout of the New York Times and the substance, or may I say the lack thereof, of its response displays an unwillingness to acknowledge the plain facts gathered from eight decades of marijuana prohibition. Now, the American people, however, show no such reservations. A majority of our country now supports full legalization, and three-quarters of the states have reduced federal penalties for marijuana and or have even legalized medical cannabis. As the Times editorial makes plain, legalization is prudent, humane policy, and it is past time for the federal government to act. Now, let's get into the six reasons why the New York Times feels it's time to end marijuana prohibition. Prohibition has enormous social costs. Our police devote thousands of hours to arresting and booking and imprisoning marijuana smokers. And this really hits home to me as this has impacted my family personally. Now, the most unfortunate of these arrests have spent over a decade in prison and in some cases for nothing more than possession of cannabis for personal use. Now, there were 658,000 arrests for marijuana possession in 2012, and that's according to FBI figures, which is compared to the only 256,000 for cocaine, heroin, and other derivatives. So we're really looking at something that is extremely off balance. And these arrests take officers away from more urgent issues and can have serious consequences for the arrested. Now, second point that we're looking at is the benefits of criminalization are minuscule to non-existent. 
Cannabis prohibition is quite costly. Despite costing over $51 billion annually, according to the Drug Policy Alliance, one of the strangest aspects of the war on drugs is how completely it has failed at reducing the drug use. After three decades, criminalization has not affected general usage. About 30 million Americans use marijuana every year, the time points out. And if law enforcement agencies want to find a good minor offense to correlate for violent, dangerous crimes, marijuana use doesn't make a lot of sense. The high itself doesn't inspire violence, and there is no real cases to be made that smoking pot causes one to go on to any worse crimes. Now, let's talk about how prohibition is racist. Our number three topic. And one of the series that the editorial, the Times reviews the history of cannabis, cannabis criminalization. Let's talk about my third point. Prohibition is racist. And one of its series of editorials, the Times reviews the history of cannabis criminalization and finds it has been racist from the outset in the 1930s. The word marijuana was even popularized as a way to associate the plant with Hispanics, a.k.a. Mexicans. There are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers, declared by Henry Ainslinger, which is absolutely ridiculous. Let's fast forward to present day, and the words that we use around marijuana have improved, but our actions have not. Now, whites and blacks use marijuana at roughly the same rates. On average, however, blacks are 3.7 times more likely than whites to be arrested for possession, according to a comprehensive 2013 report by the ACLU. So let's move on to our fourth point. Cannabis has a legitimate medical effect. The narrative of cannabis has a harmful drug has been dominant for so long that many people have had trouble accepting the plant's demonstrated medicinal effects. Opinions on medical marijuana have shifted dramatically in the past two decades. A slew of mostly conservative states passed laws permitting epilepsy patients to use strains of cannabis high in CBD. These states joined 23 others with broader medical marijuana laws. While the federal government still lists cannabis as a Schedule I drug, meaning it doesn't even acknowledge any legitimate medical use, the states clearly disagree. Five, this is a great point. Legalization will not lead to increased use. Science and government have learned a great deal about how to keep alcohol out of the hands of minors. Mandatory underage drinking laws, effective marketing campaigns have reduced underage alcohol use to 24.8% in 2011. That's compared with 33.4% in 1991. So clearly they know what they're doing. Cigarette use among high school students is at its lowest point ever, largely due to the evidence that regulation, largely thanks to tobacco taxes and growing municipal smoking limits. 
There is already some early evidence that regulation would also help bat teen marijuana use, which fell after Colorado began broadly regulating medical marijuana in 2010. Number six, cannabis is less harmful than alcohol or tobacco. There is honest debate among scientists about the health effects of marijuana, the Times writes. But we believe that the evidence is overwhelming that addiction and dependency are relatively minor problems, especially compared with alcohol and tobacco. Moderate use of marijuana does not appear to pose a risk for otherwise healthy adults. And claims that marijuana is a gateway to more dangerous drugs are as fanciful as the reefer madness images of murder, rape, and suicide. In fact, as the Times notes, cannabis is not particularly harmful. Casual use by adults poses little or no risk for healthy people. Its effects are mostly euphoric and mild, whereas alcohol turns some drinkers into bathroom brawlers, domestic abusers, or manics behind the wheel. Now, these are all really great points that we do need to think about, but we've got to take a break. And when we come back, I am so excited excited to have Miss Martinez. She is the managing partner at the law office of Sonia Martinez in Mesa, Arizona since 2008. She focuses her practice on family, dependency, juvenile, and criminal defense with an emphasis on cases involving cannabis issues. More when High on Healthy returns in a moment. Awaken, adjust, and aspire to hear more High on Healthy after this short rest break. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Fuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Fuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Fuber way. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Canavation and Canatech Awards. Register before November 22nd for $200 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. Seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Let's get back to getting high on healthy, energized by A6 Wellness, only on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you for joining me today on High Unhealthy, Energized by A6 Wellness. I'm your hostess, Audrey Kerger, and my guest today is Ms. Sonia Martinez. Ms. Martinez is the managing partner at the law offices of Sonia Martinez in Mesa, Arizona since 2008. 
She focuses her practice on family, dependency, juvenile, and criminal defense with an emphasis on cases involving cannabis issues. Thank you for joining me today, Sonia. I really appreciate it. And I want to jump right in and ask, will you please elaborate about you and your practice? Sure. Thanks, Audrey. And thanks for having me on the show today. I very much appreciate it. I've had my own law practice for eight years now out of Mesa, Arizona. I primarily, as you mentioned, practice on cases involving family, criminal dependency, and juvenile justice. I've been an attorney for 13 years total, licensed in the state of Arizona, California, and in eight different tribal courts. Wow. And where did your passion and drive for law come from? Audrey, my passion and drive to become an attorney really started for me as a very young child. I was a second grader when I first learned about what attorneys do. When I learned that attorneys essentially help people, help cities, help agencies and governments deal with society problems, I knew right then that I wanted to become an attorney. I can totally hear your passion. And I would like to know, why did you choose this particular law field that you are now involved in? Thanks for that question. What really drove my passion for the law was growing up in inner city Los Angeles and growing up amongst a variety of social injustices, in particular, social injustices respecting the government, aggressive police, and police not treating our community members with, indi- with individual respect and consideration. So it sounds like you really do have a great passion for this. And with that story, I can totally understand why. And I know that you like to focus on cannabis-related issues. And I'd like to know, can you tell me about Arizona's Proposition 205? Sure. Just briefly, a little bit about Proposition 205. Proposition 205 is the initiative that will allow adults ages 21 and over to be able to possess and privately consume up to one ounce of marijuana. It also creates a system in which licensed businesses can produce and sell marijuana. This particular agency that's going to be created is going to regulate the cultivation, manufacturing, testing, transportation, and sale of marijuana. So essentially, the adult use of marijuana is what Proposition 205 has to offer. And can you tell me, do you believe that this proposition should be supported? I absolutely believe this proposition should be supported for a variety of reasons. The issue of cannabis. Cannabis is a natural plant that works wonders when used safely and responsibly. The reality is there are a variety of individuals today in the state of Arizona, probably a couple hundred thousand, and across our nation, a couple million, that do in fact use cannabis safely and responsibly for a variety of ailments from sleep to pain reduction to dealing with symptoms of seizures cancer, and other major illnesses. But Audrey, I have something else. What I heard is the freedom. The freedom for adults to be able to choose what safe and natural substance they want to use for general health, wellness, and to handle their medical ailments. Okay. So do you believe that there are any downsides to this proposition at all? I will be quite frank. I do not. Proponents will argue that there are downsides to this proposition and the consequences to this proposition, including but not limited to the the argument that the normalization of marijuana will increase teen use, child use, and or teen and child access. We found that not to be true from looking at other states and other countries. Proponents will also 
um, opponents, my apologies, opponents will also argue that there would be an in, increased DUIs, marijuana DUIs, and also increased accidents in the workplace. But again, I would suggest that those things are not going to be true because the reality is the majority of users are safe and responsible. They do not drive around impaired or stoned, and they go to work in a, in a state where they are not impaired, ready to work and produce good work products. Wonderful. I think those are all really great key benefits for putting this proposition into act. Now, I also wanted to ask you, changing the subject a little, are there any areas of law that you would like to practice besides what you are currently in? I would definitely like to get more into the issue of cannabis and cannabis as it relates to Indian country. I mentioned that I'm licensed in seven different, eight different tribal courts. I also practice federal Indian law, and I represent tribal members and grievances against their tribal governments in a general sense. So I am tied into Indian law in a general sense. I am Pascua Yaqui myself. That's a tribe in Tucson as well as Sonora, Mexico. What I've been looking at is trying to help tribal governments understand what cannabis is, the history of cannabis, and how it relates to their tribal sovereign immunity. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we do need to take a short break. But when we come back, we will continue our discussion with Ms. Martinez. More when High Unhealthy returns in just a minute. Awaken, adjust, and aspire to hear more High Unhealthy after this short rest break. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... Healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water, infused with CBD oil, is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's Essentials was formulated by 9-11 first responder and stage 4 cancer survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R brands.com. Maui Wowie, Acapulco Gold, California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Let's get back to getting high on healthy, energized by A6 Wellness, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to High Unhealthy, Energized by A6 Wellness. Today, my guest is Ms. Sonia Martinez, the managing partner at the law offices of Sonia Martinez in Mesa, Arizona, since 2008. 
She focuses her practice on family, dependency, juvenile, and criminal defense with an emphasis on cases involving cannabis issues. We were just chatting about the fact that Ms. Sonia Martinez is in the tribal law as well, and that she is interested in bringing the plant cannabis into that line of law as well. And Sonia, I want to ask you right now with what you're doing currently, what is the best client for you? Thanks for that question, Audrey. The best client for me, well, a little bit is dependent on the particular case that we're litigating. But to be clear, the best client should always be first and foremost honest with themselves. The biggest problem I see with litigants in family court, dependency court, dealing with cannabis issues, Indian law, is that individuals are just not honest with themselves, first and foremost. So people really do need to take a reflective view of who they are, what they want, and what their goals are in litigation, and just to be honest with themselves. By being honest with themselves, they are able to open up themselves to different ideas and being flexible in terms of meeting their litigation goals. So those those are some of the things that I look for when I'm looking for a, a good client. I would also love a client who's very detailed and organized and provides me the information I need to assist them with their legal matter, which is something that could be difficult to come across sometimes. So speaking about clientele, where are you located? My office is located in Mesa, Arizona, off of Southern Avenue between Alma School and Country Club Drive. I typically tell individuals that I'm about a five-minute drive away from Fiesta Mall. And do you work outside of that area or outside of the state even? I absolutely work outside of the state, outside of the area in a variety of different capacities. As I had mentioned earlier, I'm also licensed in California as well as eight different tribal courts. The eight different tribal courts I'm licensed in are here in Arizona and run throughout the state, both south and north. I'm also what is known as an ICWA attorney, an Indian Child Welfare Act attorney, representing tribal governments. What I essentially do is if any of our tribal babies are stuck in state courts, wherever that, wherever that state may be, I will go to that state, i.e. California, file an appearance, and try my best to get the tribal baby back to our tribal court and our, and our community. So I work all across the nation and in many counties in Arizona. That's amazing. You're really reaching far out to help as many people as you can, it sounds like. And that just makes my heart melt. And I would like to ask, because a lot of our listeners are interested in knowing, what are your average fees? Attorney fees are and can be scary for sure. The good thing about my law practice is I call myself not a pro bono firm because I don't offer free services necessarily, although I do offer free initial consult. I call myself a low bono firm, and that is the mission of my law office to make sure that our community members have zealous and competent representation at an affordable rate. I charge anywhere between $150 and $300 an hour. However, most of my cases are litigated on a flat fee basis, i.e. the average custody matter, for example, or dependency matter. So if there is a parent who is a user of cannabis and for whatever reason their, their children are removed from them because of the cannabis issues and a dependency case is asserted against them, I typically charge anywhere between four to 5000 as a flat fee rate. So they do not have this hourly rate where they're constantly being billed every month. 
for every single hour that's put into the case. So the flat fee rate is definitely a way that I figured out how to help, you know, your average community member who makes anywhere between, you know, 25000 and 60000 a year. Sonia, I really appreciate you explaining your fee layout for me. And I did want to ask, because I do focus on using cannabis in my health and wellness practice, what types of things have you seen in your line of work that would allow others to see how beneficial this plant really is for us? In terms of cannabis, and let me make something clear, I've been a a Proposition 203 patient for 40 years now. And before that, um, at least while I was living in California, I was also a patient in California. So I've been consuming cannabis for a number of years for, and so that I could treat a variety of ailments, including issues with insomnia, stress relief, pain relief, etc. So I know personally that I have been able to use cannabis for general health and wellness. I first started using cannabis for purposes of handling my insomnia. I have a variety of friends and different individuals in the cannabis industry that use cannabis for a variety of other ailments, including MS, lupus, seizure disorders, cancer, etc. So I have seen how this natural plant that I mentioned works wonders, especially when you safely and responsibly can fit into someone's general health and wellness into if not their daily or weekly, perhaps their monthly general health and wellness plan. So to continue on this discussion that we're having here, you have been using it personally to allow yourself to get a restful night's sleep. And you've seen a lot of other people that are getting many health benefits from this plant. And When you see these people who are getting these health benefits, are they just going to their normal doctors for these things, or are they being shown through the medical marijuana dispensaries the different types of things that will help them, and are they getting educational information on their endocannabinoid system and things like that, or is it more of just a simple like this will help you and go forward? Those are all great questions, Audrey. And let me explain, at least from what I know and based on my experience. First and foremost, in the state of Arizona, there are just short of 100,000 Proposition 203 medical marijuana patients. However, there are probably at least double the amount of those people that, that use cannabis on a regular and frequent basis in Arizona. But they're using it illegally, if you will, without the benefit of a Proposition 203 card for a variety of reasons, whether they didn't qualify for the medical marijuana card, they couldn't afford it, what what have you. So the medical marijuana patients are going into dispensaries. They are being educated. They are being provided with the information. Whenever I go into a dispensary, I'm asked, do I want educational information? If I do not yet have that particular booklet or educational information, I will say yes. By all means, provide me with the education material I need. But also, I will go in and and talk about a new ailment that I have. I will ask the bud tender. They call them bud tenders. What they think is a good product for me, and they will make their recommendations. So the medical marijuana patients are absolutely being educated and getting all of the information that they need. That's not so true for the 
individuals that are using it without the benefit of Proposition 203. Those individuals are still going on the black market. They are not getting the education they need. And as a matter of fact, when they go on the black market, they are then being introduced to other illegal or pharmaceuticals that they really shouldn't have and really shouldn't use. Well, we have to wrap it up. To continue this discussion, visit a6wellness.com. You can download episodes by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can also follow the show on social media by searching A6 Wellness. We can't forget to give a tremendous thank you to our guest today, Ms. Sonia Martinez. You can contact her at the law offices of Sonia Martinez in Mesa, Arizona. It was wonderful chatting with you and learning so much today. And lastly, I want to thank my producer, George, for another great show. Please join me next week for another edition of High Unhealthy. Until then, awaken, adjust, aspire, affirm, action, A6 Wellness. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.